antisocial. Quit acting like you know me before I go postal. You know I gotta own And you know I'm anti anti social, anti lame, anti social, extrovert, and accept me the extra. Don't worry about anti social, anti social. I'm anti social, anti social. I'm anti social. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another great episode of Anti Socially Social. I am your host, Clever Your Highness, aka Nate Smith. I'm your therapist today. You know, we're here, you know, culture therapy. We're here to bring the couch to the people. You know what I mean? And with this anti-socially social show that we do, we always want to make sure we reach out to everybody out in the in the world because we know this COVID got everybody sitting in the house and being kind of anti-social. So let's this is the introvert's extroversion. And with that being said, we have a very, very special guest today. This Young lady is going to be uh, is one of the newest members of the culture therapy family. Um, she's going to be giving us a, a, a great show entitled "The Cheese Grits Are Good." Once again, the cheese grits are good. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my girl Gypsy, aka Melinda. What's up, girl? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Doing excellent. How how's life been treating you? Well, no, life ain't caring, but I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. As it's, you know, some things, you know, we, we just got to, you know, keep trucking. As long as we keep waking up, it uh, everything else is a bonus from there. That's right. That's right. So, you know, uh, welcome to the family, number one. You know what I mean? Thank we, you. We appreciate you. Here. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, it just tell, tell the people a little bit about yourself. I, I, we, we got your theme song in the background, The Shining Star. I don't know if you can hear the music. But yes, that is my theme song because I've been known for a long time. I'm, I would like to be adored. But um, I am Melinda and I do answer to Gypsy. Um, Gypsy Kitty is my, I guess, alter ego. Um, and we'll get into that a little later because that's all a part of the psychology behind um, the show. Um, but I, um, I went through a lot, you know, as a youngster and it did have some major effects on me and I um, have been pulled lately to want to help people talk about it because I I really feel like a lot of people just haven't had either the courage a safe space or you know just don't know that you you gotta say it you know what I'm saying uh my, my daddy did this to me. My uncle touched me. My, the lady down the street, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. And, and I'm and I'm and I am speaking more so towards childhood sexual trauma because I think that that is overlooked, especially when it comes to men and males. Okay. I think that is overlooked. It it happens a lot, way more than we really care, you know, to admit. I can almost bet money that. One out of three females that you know will tell you a story about something that happened to them when they were a child, yes. and it's like the with the boys, it's it's such a secret, and I think that it lends to a lot of the emotional detachment and turmoil that you guys go through, and 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 that goes back to relationships and how we're able to connect and relate to one another um with a a trust factor not not really being there not an authentic trust factor anyway yes. is um is how I feel about it but I um 
I have done some deep soul searching. I did the shadow work. I figured out my why am I so clingy? Why do I want so much attention? Why am I so expressive? I mean, these are all things that developed um, because we all react differently or respond um, uniquely to trauma. And these are all things that I developed along the way. Um, my mind was trying to defend itself from this trauma and this is how these um, I want to say like obsessive tendencies or you know perversions and all this kind of stuff how those things are developed this is your mind trying to actually fix itself and sometimes it can overdo it and I that's you know that's just my theory I ain't nobody but that's just my theory and from my personal experience and so I really wanted to create a platform where people can um, have that voice. It can be anonymous. You can uh, send it to me and I can share it or, you know, however you feel comfortable. I want you to feel comfortable because I'm not here to judge you. I'm only here to, you know, help you recreate how you view yourself, your perception, because your perception of yourself is what this all boils down to because it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. And you get deeper because hurt people hurt people. Those people that did that to you probably went through some trauma. But we gotta we have to start somewhere. And I'm hoping that it can be a ripple, you know, effect in a positive way. That's what my aim is. Well the crowd is cheering you for that one. Um so and, and that's necessary. You know, I'm well, so I'm glad you're actually here to bring that take, especially from a woman's point of view, because you know here at, uh, unfortunately, here at the Culture Therapy Network, we got a lot of men who who speak to things on the men's uh, understanding. So it's good to get a you know the the other side. We need balance in our in our community. Exactly, we do. Everything has um, a polar opposite in this world. Everything. Absolutely. So let's tell, let's get a little bit of just a history about yourself. This is anti socially social, so we want to be as so like let, let's be transparent. Who are who is Gypsy? Who is Melinda? Where are you from? What are some things that are you know unique about well, you that you think you should bring to the table? And you know people would. I mean, as far as as far as like my time here, my time here on Earth, I ain't really you know. <laughs> I was born in Valdosta, Georgia. Okay. On Moody Air Force Base, but I grew up in Atlanta. Um. I went to elementary school at Atlanta Public Schools, and I was um, always in advanced classes from the first grade on up. I took state standardized tests, GCRT, ITBS, whatever. Um, didn't miss any questions on it. I mean, I was what you visualize as a nerd. That was me. The glasses, the dictionary. I was the hall monitor. I was the teacher's pet. I was taking names. I was the bus. I was popo. Got you. Got you. Used, used I was that. De- I was definitely the popo. <laughs> and right. I really didn't care what I'm you sorry. thought about me, Nate. You talking? I got your name on the board. <laughs> but I did not Snitch. care. You know, <laughs> but now you can't get me to follow a law. You know, that's oh, Lord, you, know, oh, you, you live and you learn. So, you live and you learn. so, is that a traumatic piece going through yes, that piece? They, they say once a good girl goes bad, you know, gone what I mean? forever. Girl, she's gone forever. <laughs> well, we're gonna bring you back, person, but no, I just, you know, I'm not as serious or uptight, you know, as I used to be. Um, and it's when you are when you come here and you are extremely bright like that and your first teacher is betrayal or deception because my first memory on this earth is being molested mm. ever 
And that's deep for me because I feel like I never had the opportunity to be innocent. So there's still, you know, there's still a little girl, you know, saying in me that's waiting for somebody to validate her, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is where I come in because I had to be the one to say, hey, you know, you're you're okay. You know what I'm saying? Like you you did not ask for that stuff to happen to you. You didn't cause it to happen to you. It's not your fault. But it's hard to process that because it teaches you like I feel like children that go through that kind of stuff, they have problems being faithful in relationships. Mm -hmm. They have problems being deceptive in relationships because you're taught young to keep secrets. You're taught young to to hide things that you are ashamed of. So if I'm, I have a man and I'm out here and a guy, you know what I'm saying, flirts with me and it actually kind of like, you know, it kind of, you know, tingle me a little bit. I don't want to admit that to him because I'm ashamed of it, but I should be able to have that type of open discussion with my mate and let them know like, hey, you know, he, you know, this is what happened. I didn't cross that line, but I'm just letting you know that, that it did kind of intrigue me. And we need to, we need to work on that. You know, those are things that, that you should be able to, you know, actively work on. So as far as I'm concerned, like I've always been this bright person. I've mm-hmm. all, my toys even had to talk to me. I didn't play with dogs uh-huh. as a little girl. I, I wanted to speak in spells, the see and say, the, you know, they had to communicate with me. That's right. what my gift is. It's communication. And I'm, I've been, you know, sitting around trying to figure out how I can make a contribution, you know, to my society because we are falling apart, especially our mental health. My son has been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. And, you know, he's been going through some stuff and I have been his caretaker for the past four years. So that has helped me as far as observing his behaviors and how things are affecting him, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just, I just, I just want to help people. Like, I don't want anybody feeling the way that I was feeling. Cause I, here I am, I'm beautiful, but you never would have gotten me to be able to say that when I was younger, I didn't start feeling attractive until I was 25. Mm. I went 25 whole years thinking that, I wasn't I wasn't that attractive. Meanwhile, everybody else looking at me like, wow, you know what I'm saying? But I can't the way you see yourself mm-hmm. is your reality. That's your truth. Cause you you never actually physically seen yourself. Say it again? You, you, you broke up. You've never bit. actually physically seen yourself. You've seen your uh reflection, mm-hmm. you've seen pictures, you've seen uh or you or you can develop a uh uh uh, a picture of, from other people, how other people see you, how other people view you, and how other people describe. Never actually been unless you had an out of body experience. I haven't, yeah. but you never, you know, what I'm saying unless you had out of body experience, you've never actually physically seen yourself. Gotcha, gotcha. How we think about ourselves, that's because right. that's the image that we're gonna, you know, what I'm saying that's the image that we're gonna create in our mind as far as who we are. Absolutely. So I just want to help some people to to find out who you are. It's okay to understand that you have some darkness. It's okay to understand that you you have some perverted thoughts or that because of that you have some angers and you have some complexes and you you know you you have problems with connecting with people. That's okay to to acknowledge it. And then once you acknowledge it, then we do have to try to heal from not I remember I had a um, incident where I was cooking and um, 
I, I hurt myself and immediately a little bubble came up you know over it and and somebody told me to pop it but I was like no I'm not gonna pop it and when I researched and read on it it's amazing to me how our bodies are so magnificently created that heat hit my hand it injured me my body said hey you know what I'm saying the cells that's supposed to be covering burns I need you here mm-hmm. you need to be here and they gathered and they and it was a, a dome um, put over this um, this burn and there was a serum in there that was going to allow my body to be protected while it healed itself our mind is no different Absolutely. it's no different if you're in an accident and it's not your fault but you're physically injured you still have to work in order to heal your body absolutely so and so that's, i don't want, i want to cut you off but I, I i you you made a point about you know your son growing up and dealing with a mental health and yeah. I, I wanted to i want you to dive into that a little bit deeper you know what i mean uh, that cuz we know a lot of people who have kids who are dealing with mental health issues yeah. Yes, we do. And there and I do believe that there is a common um theme because I'm in several support groups um that I've joined over the past 4 years trying to um support my son and I really um Nate, I really feel like it's a chemical imbalance. Mm. I really do. Um, now it, it gets deeper, you know, when you go into the spiritual aspects of it and stuff like that. But I really do feel like it's a chemical imbalance. Like the foods that I was ingesting mm-hmm. when I was feeding him, breastfeeding him, um, the vaccines, you know, all, all of the hormones in the, the, the restaurants and stuff, all that kind of stuff. These children from probably 19 to like 25, 26, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've ran into so many parents that were just like, you know, one day they were okay. And then the next day it's like it, it, they snapped. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are not reporting a traumatic event that, led to this which most of the time when you're dealing with schizophrenia that's what they kind of go to Uh, this is what happens and when you're trying to escape that trauma in your mind you kind of go into a different realm in your mind and you get lost you know it's like that's you know you're hearing these voices and you know all this kind of stuff or whatever but like my son you know we've been in and out of therapy and Hey, ma, you know, such and such did this to me or this happened to me or, you know, nothing like that. Now, he did start smoking marijuana, you know, when he was probably about 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know until he was 17 was when I figured out that he was he had been. And I don't know if that may have had something to do with it, because I've heard of bad trips and, you know, people not being able to come back from them and stuff like that. But I mean, we've tried medication. We've tried therapy, inpatient therapy. We've um, tried um, AA groups, you know what I'm saying? Like he's been through several programs and it's just really sad because he's still very, very troubled. Um, but I, I do feel like it boils down to him making a choice and making a decision that he's ready to go through the process of healing. So, and with that being said, because, uh, you know, you you sound like you, you've been dealing with a lot. That's trauma in and of itself, you know. Yes. So how do you, how does Melinda deal with, you know, the, the trauma that she's been dealt with since day one and moving forward and as an adult? So how do you deal with that day-to-day trauma that... You know, we well in the beginning. In the beginning, Nate, it wasn't healthy. I really shut down 
as a little girl, um, if you uh, picture a Wednesday from, from the family. Bumpers, the Adams family, yeah, that's the type of personality that I had as a little girl. I didn't want to talk to you. Don't talk to me. Okay. Like, and my mom even said, I didn't know you were in your room unless your door was closed. Um, because I was so antisocial. As a little girl, they would have company. I would walk through, and in my mind, I would be like, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me. Don't see me. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I wanted to be invisible because at the time, I felt like my voice wasn't valid. My voice wasn't heard. Like, I didn't feel like anybody really was concerned about what was going on you know what I'm saying with me so it wasn't healthy in the beginning I was very very closed off I used to read a lot you know I wrote poetry I wrote short stories I um I um did stuff like that but I was very detached and a lot of people thought I was mean but it, it wasn't like I was trying to be mean it, it's not, it's it's like that you that's know how you how, how you approach some animals and they like they're more scared of you than you are of them yeah that that's that's me that was me and so if you came too close it was gonna be like an attack you know what i'm saying i was gonna feel like i was being attacked so i would you know i would probably try to attack first and and i had to like recently I had to say I want to I want to be I want to be healthy I don't want to I don't want to do it the negative way anymore you know like I, I want to be able to process my wise this is why I don't trust people this is why you know like I said why I'm clinky and why this and, and once I figured out what my whys were it was a little easier for me to like be nice to myself to be to forgive myself to say hey you didn't know any better you know what I'm saying you was just you were just you know, acting uh, when you're left to your own devices, you know, it is a little hard to accept even therapy because it, it was it took a long time for me to my mom used to force me to go to therapy as a little girl. And I was sitting there and just look at the lady because that's, so, that's the question it. I was getting ready to ask you. So how do you how did you identify your why's? What did what well, did, what was the the steps that you took to make sure that it, honestly it was the last relationship that I was in it, it really was like a dirty mirror because we brought out so much um, I don't want, I know this word is overused but we brought up so much toxic 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 stuff in each other that I I had to really sit down and look at myself I was like dang do I really act like that okay. and and yeah you know what I'm saying I really was behaving that way. And so it it got it got to point to the point where people were like not turning their backs on me, but they were kind of like I could feel them distancing their, themselves. You know, I had literally become that bitter person that I always, you know, told myself that I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. And I had to like I had to hold myself accountable you know and say hey you have not been moving through this life in a healthy way it doesn't matter that you're it's not your fault that you got here you're on you broke down on the side of 285 but you're not you're not trying to do nothing to help yourself exactly and so i had to i had to acknowledge that when we when you and i came across each other and i was working um at the call center for AT&T um that was really during that time frame right before i went in that, that it was like okay I'm- hold on you melinda you you're breaking up so you said right right before you went where right before i went into the hospital when met you and i um I told myself, you know, I'm tired of feeling this way. I don't 
I don't I don't want to wake up every morning crying. I don't want to go to sleep, you know what I'm saying, at night crying because I was feeling like a failure. I was feeling like I was feeling feeling like a failure as a mother. I was feeling like a failure as a daughter because my mom had lost her husband and I wasn't able to continue to um, provide her with you know a, a nice lifestyle that she was accustomed to or whatever and and even though those things are not you know things that I probably should be worried about I I was this is I'm just we're just going through the process I was this is what was weighing me down and I had to like I said I, the first step was forgiving myself because and, and and when we say okay we're going to forgive our trespasses and all this kind of stuff that's not for them it for is us. for us Absolutely. Absolutely. It is for us because it's the man that, that took my virginity. He's in prison right now. He's serving a life sentence. And I had someone tell me, hey, you should write him a letter and tell him how you feel. And I still haven't done the activity. I don't know if I will, but I still haven't done it because I almost feel like he doesn't deserve to hear from me. Yeah. And it's like because... You, when you think about, because I've I've been in the dark, so I think I kind of think how people feel. I mean, I think how dark people think sometimes, and I could see that being an ego stroke. This was, he was, this was he he something happened to him, but this was something that he glorified, yeah. like the way the way the, the type of abuse, the psychological abuse that I went through during that period, it would affect him the way that people. And I don't think it will relieve me the way that people are, are saying that it would because I don't I don't want to interact with him. Gotcha. You know, like I, it's 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 like I'm yeah the damage was done you know whatever but as far as like a personal you know going back and forth and all this kind of stuff and then he might mess around and say you know say I'm God and oh now I gotta feel I'm because you're a good man now. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, you. But the, you honestly, you don't. I, I think you know. If for that exercise, I don't think it's necessary to get his response. I, I mean, once you once you let your feelings out, you know, let it be. You know, I mean, yeah. Write that letter and just and walk away, knowing that it got to him. And if, if even if it, and put it with no uh, no uh, no return, return address. address. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and you just let that off and get it off of you because I think it's justified. It is, you know, not I'm not saying I'm a counselor or a therapist or anything, but I think that, you know, the closure is, like you said, for you. And right. I think, you know, I mean, and it's when you're ready. You don't have, it's not forcing yourself to do something that you're just going right. to be uncomfortable, but it's something that I think you need moving forward, you know, just because. You know, I can still hear the pain of it. You know, as oh, you're yeah. explaining. So, but but healing doesn't stop. You know, what I'm saying it's, never, never. It's, a, it's never, it's never ending. You know, true. and so it's I, I am beyond a certain point with it to where yeah, I'm not ready to do that. Yeah. You know, because I don't, I don't really feel. I don't, he doesn't invalidate me. You know what I'm saying? Like his, what happened with him, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Like, yeah, it hurt me, but it was, it was a lot of stuff. Yeah. It was a lot of stuff. Like during that, that period, it was almost like I attracted sexual predators. It wasn't just him. So it's like when I'm like, how many letters do you want me to write? I can't, you know, I, you know, I'm, 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 I have to deal with me because if I start trying to deal with all, you know what I'm saying, all of that, like that, that would be overwhelming. And, and I think so. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, so I'm just like, 
I, like I said, I forgave myself. I, you know, I, I had to, I did hold myself accountable before some of the toxic defensive mechanisms that I created um, in response, you know, to these traumas. I had to acknowledge them and say, okay, yeah, you are kind of controlling. And I'm controlling because I was things. So you're and controlling so your, your, your phone I, keeps going in and out on me. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's, I'm sorry. So, because I was being forced to do things, gotcha. I was being controlled. So my response is, I'm gonna control you first. Oh, it was. You know, I'm gonna control you first. Or oh, I'm trying to control the outcome the of the situation. Yeah. And um, I had to acknowledge that that's not healthy. Because, you know, look where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? I probably would be in a much better place had I allowed my life to just flow. Instead of, you know, constantly trying to be the one to know, okay, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. Yada, yada, yada. Like, those type of uh, attitudes will cause us um, stress because we're disappointing ourselves over and over again. And so I I had to acknowledge that. I had to acknowledge that. I don't do nothing that I don't want to do now. Like, absolutely nothing. I'm not even going going to eat an egg sandwich if I don't want to because of what happened to me so it's when you this is this is why the whys are so important mm. so now I understand you know what I'm saying that's why I, I'm, I am the way I am but that doesn't that doesn't relieve me from the responsibility of the fact that hey this is unhealthy you have to stop it you know like even though you 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 got your valid reasons you know why you why you behave that way it's still it's not right you know i'm my mom the type of stuff that my mom had to endure because <laughs> yeah. i worried her you know like i wasn't i wasn't disrespectful you know or anything like that but i would run away a lot gotcha. and you know and she would just be you know worried about me you know where are you you know who are you with you know and and i mean i would just be i would be at a friend's house or mm-hmm. a friend of a friend or you know whatever but, but you just be getting away I, at that point i didn't want to be where i was gotcha. and so you know um and she she didn't deserve to to have to deal with that that was trauma on her trauma on her part you know and but we have worked on our relationship there's nothing closer than the bond that I have with my mom now because I had to I had to step back and I had to say you know she did try to protect me to the best of her ability it's just you know they were a very my parents were a very um giving couple you know they were they they like to 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 feed people and they invited a lot of people into our home and with the right heart but you're ex- you I was exposed to strangers gotcha. and so, so in their naivete that's you know saying this is this is when this stuff you know started transpiring and things of that nature and here I am because it's not happening to my sister it's not happening or I don't know you know all I know is what's in front of me right mm-hmm. so I they're not talking about these things happening and I'm standing like why why me? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what is it about me? Why is, are all of these people, you know, what I'm saying picking me? And it was for it was for sexual, you know, um, demeaning things. And so that that, that will take your self worth. That will rob you of feeling like you're you're worthy to be fought for, or that you know. So I I went through life like um, I would have moments of brilliance, 
you know, on jobs or, you know, whatever. But I never, it's almost like, you know, somebody double dutching and you, you know, they getting ready to jump in, <laughs> jump in. But I'm, 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 all, I'm constantly on that side. I'm stay bopping, just, but you're not jumping in. I ain't jumping in, yeah, I you know. Me. And so this is, this is what you're helping to do. Well, because well, I, I told myself, um, I said, I, I'm going to do it. Like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But, but I said, the, but I'm doing it, you know, and I feel like the tools and the inspiration or whatever that I need, they're going to come to me. Absolutely. I really do. The, the so, crowd is the crowd is applauding you on that one, and, and we appreciate your your transparency because it takes a lot of courage just to get and, and even speak on the matters in, in what you're speaking. Oh yeah, speaking. I'm going to expose myself because I want to help somebody get comfortable and say I'm not ashamed. You know what I'm saying anymore? I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like I've gone through it. I felt the ugliness. You know what I'm saying? All this kind of stuff, or whatever. You can't you can't point out something that happened to me and and make me you know what I'm saying feel bad any worse than I've already felt. So you know what I'm saying At this point Yeah we can talk about Whatever You know I don't I don't know how Comfortable people are With getting You know Into details And all this kind of stuff But I'm not scared well, we Because gonna, I We gonna figure it I, out I had to I had to face it Absolutely I had You know what I'm saying This is a monster That's been You know On my back forever and I had to face it. I had to sit down and say, okay, this is, okay, this is how you wear your hair. All right. Give them the kind of shoes you got on. You know, I had to actually deal with these demons that were hanging around me. So I don't, um, my son calling right there, but I don't, um, I don't, you know, I, I'm not ashamed anymore. Whoa. Because, like I said, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't anything. And, and that's the most important thing that I need for people to process is that it's not your fault. We, most, The thing about guilt is that 90% of it is, is, is self-inflicted. Um, yep. <laughs> Hold on one second. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. So what we, we, matter of fact, we're going to go to a quick break and we'll come right back okay. with Miss Gypsy Kitty, a.k.a. Miss Melinda. In today's installment of Coping While Black, we'll be discussing stigma around mental health in the black community. In 2020, there is still a strong stigma around seeking out mental health services in the black community. Oftentimes, it can be viewed as weak for people seeking out treatment and for needing help. We are a communal people, but for some reason, we hold a belief that we must carry our burdens alone. So therapy is a form of self-care, and self-care is so important in maintaining good mental health. And just for the record, let me let you know that therapists don't fix your life problems. We don't tell you what to do. We simply ask questions to help you figure out things in a way that works for you and to help you look at life from a different perspective. So it takes a lot of strength to utilize supports. A lot of times in our community, we think that strength is just holding it in and keeping pushing, but it's not. Actually, it takes more strength to be vulnerable and seek out help and support from mental health professionals from your support network. So if you're really interested in seeking out therapy and finding out what it's all about and how you can benefit from it, go out and talk to your primary care physician. They can give you a referral. You can seek one from your insurance company or you can seek um, support from your any community mental health agency in your local area. And that's been Coping While Black. And we are back once again with Miss Melinda Gypsy Kitty. Um, and she has been going 
uh, you know, giving us a lot of insight about who she is and her background. Um, so at this point, I want you to go into because you know we got you on. You're in the family, you know. What I mean, you're gonna be around for a long time, so we ain't got to get it all in one one shot. So I want you to talk about the cheese grits are good. What is what does that mean, and why and why did you name the, your, your your show that? Let it, let the people know. Okay, so I, I like the name too. I love the name. <laughs> I, I just love saying the cheese grits are good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and the the thing about it is that the inspiration is like you know it's just amazing. Like I checked myself into Peachwood Hospital um, last year. I think it was in July okay. because I was feeling suicidal. And um, I went in there and it was <laughs> crazy because I kept getting uh, mistaken for a staff member. Mm. And I re- like I would tell the, the other patient, I was like, no, sweetheart, I was like you. Mm. I'm in here for the same reasons you are to try to get, you know, try to get help and direction. But I ran into so many beautiful minds in this facility that is you know they they just they had gaps in their sanity and i feel like it's okay to admit that you have gaps in your sanity i literally had gotten to the point where i'm having to use a gps to go everywhere i'm on the bus and when i get off the bus i gotta put in the gps and i'm these are places that i'm going to every day but my my short-term memory was gone I would I got cash back and on my car and I'm leaving the, the cash on the counter. Um, I'm not able to um, to process the, the the training material. I was having anxiety attacks in this call center because it, it's like it, it, my, I, my brain just wasn't working anymore. And I when I was in there and I noticed I was like, okay, it's not just me. Like this is not you know this is not just something that that I'm going through. You know, you had doctors in there, attorneys in there. You had um, um, social, I mean, not social media, but uh, reality TV show, you know, um, folks I ran into in there. So where the cheese grits or goods came from was every morning, you know, we all had to get up and line up. We had to go to breakfast and everybody was looking for it. <laughs> say like, that, oh, say we, well, you you broke up right at the point. Everybody? everybody was looking forward to the cheese grill. Oh, we would shoot. be standing in line, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can't wait to get some cheese grill. Because oh, <laughs> whatever formula they done came up with in this facility for these cheese grits, they they were and into it. You ain't, you know what I'm saying? No, no, nothing. These these grits were good. But mm-hmm. the reason why I named the show that is because there's a smallest word of choices that you have. You can self medicate, which could be good or bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can go to therapy. You can um you can choose to smoke weed. You can choose to go on vacation. You know, where there's a smallest word of choices that you have. Gotcha. And I'm saying that talking through things, that's the cheese grits. Like this is what this is the good stuff. This is what we need to do. We need to actually express it. You don't have to hide it because hiding it is what's eating you up. That's dope. That's dope. Message. We had to give you a message on that one. So yeah. So um, that's listen. We we are very excited to have the cheese grits are good. We will be doing several episodes in the near future. Um, I'm excited. We're going to be going live with some of these episodes as well to get the interactive piece because again, Miss Gypsy would love to have you know input from the people and the public. Yes. To you know yes. bounce back. You know we're going to hear her story and a lot of others. You know what I mean. But we we do understand that trauma is 
and our ability to cope with trauma is what drives us through our life and a lot of mm-hmm. times we don't really get any closure to that stuff you know mm-hmm. like you said so talking it through and just being able to bring it to somebody else and whether it's a therapist whether it's a friend whatever it is right um, it's always good to be able to get that energy off of you because if not it consumes you sometimes mm-hmm. so we, mm-hmm. we definitely appreciate you and in, in all of your wisdom and all of your 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 life story and the things that you're doing to to be able to push this you know especially this is culture therapy that's what we do so with that being said anything else that you had on your mind that you know this is anti-socially social you know i'm I'm gonna be reaching out to a couple other people in a little bit just to okay but you know i'm just excited you know i'm excited because i finally you know said i was gonna do a thing and I did it. It's being done. <laughs> and I did it. And you, you're helping me. You know, what I'm saying to do that. So shout out, you know, to you as far as that's concerned. Because um, I, you know, I hit you. I was like, look, we need to come on now. <laughs> Listen, I, I was and I was waiting for that call. You know, we, we if, you know, for the people we meet him, uh, Melinda and I have been going back and forth for almost half a year now. At this point, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit longer than that. And you know, this is when the time is right, things happen, and I, I believe right now the time is perfect for these things yeah. to go down. So let it be known, Miss Gypsy right. Kitty is yes, going to be with us. Y'all can talk to Gypsy. Y'all can talk to Gypsy. I promise. So, show, so we appreciate you, and again, um, look forward to hearing more from Gypsy and um, right here on the Culture Therapy Network. Appreciate you, love. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back. Yes, clever your highness, culture therapy. Once again, we anti-socially social today, rocking out. I'm going to go to the phone lines and see who out here in the community and in the nation wanted to chop it up. And, you know, because that's what we do over here on anti-socially social. We just make sure that the people get to say what they want to say when they want to say it how they want to say it, you know what I mean so uh do I have a caller on the line caller who is this yo this is Lloyd what's going on cuz what's going on fam? everything good man how you doing man life treating you well <laughs> yeah it's treating you well man it's treating me well how about you no, man, I'm good to hear man like I said I keep waking up man so you won't hear no complaints man that's Yo, good, man. The universe brings you a blessing. Listen, it's a blessing for sure. Yo, listen, I was we was chopping it up offline uh, not too long ago, man, and you was telling me about a situation that was going or that happened some years back that you really wasn't feeling. Oh yeah, man, most definitely, man. Like, l- let me let me bring you back first and foremost, Nate, to like a time in the late '80s. And Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. You're you're talking about a time frame where things are economically disproportionate, right? For sure, for sure. And and uh so two two young black kids in a place where poverty is 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 is, is pretty rough, you know. Crack is pretty rampant, let's just be honest. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 
but two 15 year old, a fit, two teenagers, a 15 year old and a 13 year old, happened to rob two old ladies for $5. For $5? No, I ain't going for $5, mate. Oh, man. That's crazy. That's insane. That's wild. That's wild. And, you know, me first and foremost, you know, looking at that situation, I know that. I know that sometimes, you know, people can find themselves in situations where they might need to eat, you know, mm-hmm. and that's sad. Yeah. Or they or they might have just been going for addiction. But, you know, I'm still always, you know me, I'm a little biased in situations like this where I, I lean to the fact that society's put a cap on people that look like me. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And put certain restrictions that may cause that where I'm, I know that they may have been trying to make sure that the water could stay on for that five dollars. See, but do you have to take life? Because when I was reading, it was a double murder, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, I mean, I do understand that it's a double murder, but now, but the, the now this is now this is my 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 look at this. This my 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 little antisocial look at this situation. Okay. This is a 13 year old and a 15 year old that have just that 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 are raised in poverty i know i I know that they were raised in poverty because i know in the 80s what people that look like me how they were living Mm -hmm. i mean there were people that were that were living in in, in, what that weren't living like that and that's amazing and that's a blessing that that the universe can provide that true and they were able to provide that for themselves but a vast majority the 80 the the sleep 85 percent those who are deaf dumb and blind unfortunately live in poverty Sure, sure. So, so when it, in regards to Sam- this situation, um, how these that, these this thirteen year old and fifteen year old were sent? Well, the thirteen year old first and foremost was sentenced to one hundred and seventy years. Now, now let's get into that because I like you know you, you put me onto that and I, and I read and just to get you know the listeners and, and that's know, insane to me. Like, and that's understanding this backstory. Nate, the only reason I like to paint the picture of the time frame about what's going on is just to already put that on why 170 years ain't even okay. Well, let me, and that's crazy because <laughs> it is a 13 year old getting 170 years. Just like that in and of itself is like, how do you, with no parole, no nothing. No um, parole, no nothing. Like, it, he is eligible for parole at 100. Yeah. That's crazy. He served, yeah, that's, so that's, he served twenty four years so far. So so let's go into the actual story of this though. And that this is where it, it like when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, this might be crazier than even like because there's a fifteen year old whose name was Sean Lamont Rowe, and uh, Ronald Lee Sanford was thirteen at the time. Um. And the you know the crime the hideous it was a hideous crime it was ridiculously hideous yeah, it, it was yeah, you know you don't you, I don't they need somebody need they it's need never to a situation where somebody's life should be taken absolutely that was you crazy know. so but the, the so fact. when you dig deeper so let, let's dig deeper because now yeah, let's dig <laughs> the young man Roe the fifteen year old <laughs> is What's you know a a year went by. Right, and they they yeah. figured out what, what what went down. They caught him, caught the two, and right, the fifteen right, right. year old instantly took a plea bargain. Instantly, like yo, off the rip, like yeah, I'm gonna take a plea, 
and he pleaded down to just say how he was to say he was a, a bystander. You know what I mean? And it looked because it, it looks like that you know, as every cop, you know, agency in you know this this country of ours likes to do, they like to close a case. You know what I mean? <laughs> and some and some do it one way or another. So this. But this, wait, wait, wait! Hold up, real quick. Let me ask ahead. you something. Though. Now, this is what blows my mind about the case. Like as I when I read into it. How does a year later that 15 year old get caught and they they asking him about the murder? They asking him about two old ladies that got killed. Yeah, he's still 15. This murder didn't mysteriously pop up. Well, you know, I don't, like, like I don't that 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 too. That I mean, those things. But you know, I mean, I I can't speak of. Hey, but, hey, but, hey, fifteen year old, do you know anything about a murder? Yeah, that that's wild too. Like. But but you know I don't know how they would have came up to it, but they they found it too because you know if it was them too that was that they did it they did it you know what they I mean did it, but, they did it but but what what I'm trying to figure out is how does the 15 year old plead down and throw this whole situation on a 13 year old was I mean like I know there's some bad 13 year olds but a lot of those situations is you know the, the younger one is hanging with the older one and figuring out well you know the, the older one is yeah. the bad influence you know 80, the, 85% yeah, the, of the time the older one's normally the influence yeah so so I don't and so how he was able to cop cop out and, and get a couple years I think he got like two years or something two and a half years yeah he got two and a half years for att- for the for the attempted robbery yeah, of five dollars for- and then, so then this dude, it, it, to, to speak to his character, later on in 1999, he was convicted of, uh, for 20 years, for child molestation, um, and, you know, and incest. That's, uh, hey, hey, come on. So, <laughs> come on, so, I'm just like, I'm just like, yo, that's, that's, that's not cool. And, and the fact that this other gentleman, this young man is 13, and given 170 years for the whole situation. And it was five dollars that the, the dude Roe got. He got he, he got five dollars. Yeah, he said he spent it at the state fair. He spent it at just yeah, at the trade fair. Like, come on, man. Like that was crazy. Like so so I, I don't I, yeah, I mean that's that, 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 that's that, insane. So so that goes to a deeper conversation and I'm gonna talk to you about and that's what I want to pick your brain about right now is okay okay the penal system which Ooh. is uh I we I specifically called it the penal system and not the rehabilitation system because there's a oh, lot no, more no rehabilitation it, it, a, <laughs> so you know what I mean like let's speak to the fact that you know 24 years has gone by and if you look at the laws on the books now, trying a 13-year-old, I don't, and it doesn't say anything about his past in terms of having a previous record. Um, you're given youthful status, youthful, you know what I mean? You're, you're a youthful offender status, regardless of, and so, I mean, so they, they take into consideration the fact that you're a child. And, yeah. You know what I mean? And so... It looks that in this case for the brother Sanford, they called him an adult 
and a monster and all you know what I mean it just, I don't know if they said that verbatim but I'm just saying by the, the tone of the sentence yeah, by the exact by the sentence you know that they painted him as a monster so and, no, go and, ahead and, pardon I didn't hear you no go ahead go ahead go ahead I, I was listening I said you know that they painted him as a monster there's no way that you could tell me that and and uh that a man can look upon a 13 year old child and think sentence him to 170 years without first painting him as something other than a child yeah that's a child a man's mind within itself is already a fragile thing that can snap so anything that's going on in the environment that can cause them to have to steal five dollars you know that he that he wasn't of a thirteen year old child wasn't of a sound mind to know that th- that what he's doing is punishable by one hundred and seventy years. See, I mean, but that's not know, that's not even mentally. That's not. I think that's a, it's 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 even deeper though, because I mean, like the fact that the thirteen or uh, a young young people that will put themselves in those positions, right? You know what I mean? Like, for whatever the reason it, it may be. You know what I mean? Whatever the reason. Because you, you still have that innate understanding that this isn't good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not going to... You know what I mean? So, so to to I'm not going to say that they don't need punishment or to be... Have some sort of repercussions for it. What I am saying, though, is being that he was 13, there needs to be an understanding that is there. Uh, there's so so once you give him 170 years, you say there's no chance for rehabilitating this person, right? They say there's no chance of rehabilitation, which is what a a a, a 13 year old should definitely be subjugated to. Yeah. Now, the deeper issue here of what's going on is is that this child ended up making it into prison which prison is not rehabilitation prison is the the department of corrections or really the the penal system the penal that's, system. that's what that's they what call it in the, the federal system the united states united states uh penitentiary yeah because that, that's all it is it's it's a way to lock it's you been, down we're, and hold we're penalized yes yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a way to, to beat you <laughs> that's it man. it's a way to consider you property because the because our 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 our, our society is already set up to deem people as property rather than people and humans, which is evident in sentencing a 13 year old yeah. to 170, 170 years. years. That's crazy. That's, I mean, like, you know, I mean, and, and yeah. the only way that and, and then to throw is, the whole thing on him. That's the, like the whole, to be able to be like, yo, well, there's no, there was no real way to be able to justify it and say that the, who, who actually killed, made it that committed that murder. There was no way. So, and they uh, there's with, no way they get they. You, you take the the plea of somebody who was clearly uh, unstable, the perpetrator, unstable uh, at, at the least because you know he he went mm. on to go get caught for molestation. Yeah. So I don't know what is you know what his rap sheet was. Yeah, we but, know for, for every ju- uh, case you get caught for, there's probably a lot more that's under that you didn't get caught for. So. I don't know, man. Like that junk is crazy, man. Like, so do you? So, how do you think we can stop these? You know, what I mean, like the mind state 
to even put yourself in that position because like the the common denominator in a lot of these cases is the fact that somebody was in a bad position and, and, and um first you know economics man like uh i'm gonna speak specifically with my cultural bias this about what black people indigenous people can do to alleviate themselves of the economic disparity in America, which is to A, take back the, the at least your food source. Mm-hmm. Or or since we're being since we're being flattened by the government anyways, you know, we're in the system, which is what we're making it back to. You the system should be more beneficial and re- actual rehabilitation and not just the prison system. I mean in the uh defects cases. The the defects is designed that if it's there in the for a child to come in, assess what's going on, and then come out, like to no longer be a part of the family unit, so that the family unit can be there structurally. Why isn't the food stamps set up the same way? In order to, in order, why aren't food stamps designed to rehab people back into back into be, being able to provide for themselves their own food? You said why aren't they or why are they? No, the the program should be designed like that. Why isn't the program? Why is oh, the for them the to design their own food well, well, designed to rehabilitate the person that's using it? Yeah, because it, because none of those programs are actually designed to help in terms of rehabilitation. It's not. It's designed to trap you. It's it, it's creating a dependency. <clears throat> you know what I mean? To be able exactly, to- this program is designed for Black people to be dependent upon it. Yeah. So that you so that eventually so the. The uh, they they lower the education standards in school so that you're not quote unquote you're not deemed quote unquote intelligent enough even though even in, in school they're not teaching you anything they're brainwashing you yeah, so that you fo- so that you follow the norm so that you so that instead of questioning Morpheus about the pills you, you you're wondering which pill should I take I'm asking Morpheus why are you pulling pills out in front of me bro like I. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't even tell you I'm okay with pills. That's real, man. That's real. So listen, I'm gonna I'm hold you because uh, that uh, I'm gonna hold that thought right there, man. We gonna go to a quick break and I'm gonna come right back. You know, we anti-socially social, man. I'm here with my cousin Lloyd, man. We chopping it up, man. Culture therapy, man. I'll be right back.